listeners, and welcome to the Voice of the River podcast. Today we're sitting down with the editors-in-chief of Mouth of the River. I'm sitting here with Anna-Kate Muncy, Skylar Hamilton, and Zach Leichman. Uh, my name is Nick Dundorf. And I'm Jordan Zerker. Today we asked them to come in and talk about this past issue and then what's to come in our next issue of Mouth of the River. Before we get into the episode, we'd like to give a huge shout-out to Adara Salon in downtown Durham. Uh, Tatum has been helping us out, getting us started with this podcast, and it's been absolutely amazing having her as a sponsor. So definitely be sure to go take a look. So thank you guys so much for coming in today. Um, let's start off with what were your positions last year, and then how did that help you become a better editor-in-chief this year? Okay. <laughs> um, so my position last year was actually created last year. It was called content manager, which sounds like a super generic, like not real job, but <laughs> it is. So basically my job was to find out what everyone's articles were and kind of look at what we were covering, see what was missing. Or if I heard about a story that needed to be covered, I'd find someone to cover it. And then I would organize when everything would go up online or go in print. And so I think it really helped me with my organization skills and, like, communicating with people about their stories and about what they were doing and just trying to help them and kind of problem-solve, troubleshoot, that type of thing. And then I also just think it really helped my time management because I'd have to look at the list and figure out when to do each thing, when to put up each article in a timely fashion. That's awesome. <clears throat> um, I was the op-ed editor last year, which... Um, was I mean, we have four departments on the staff, so we have features, news, op-ed, and sports last year, and now we've changed it to sports and culture this year. But as the op-ed editor, I was reading and editing and reviewing all the op-eds that were being written. Um, and I think it has helped me. I was definitely scared coming in last year because I was a junior, and there were a lot of upperclassmen, seniors that I was editing their papers, so it was kind of intimidating editing papers of people that are older than you so I think it kind of helped me with my leadership skills to be able to be able to talk to them and um, it was definitely like a learning experience in that way and then I also started the podcast last year which kind of became a job in and of itself um, which I mean obviously is doing well now with more people joining on. Last year I was the sports editor on staff and I think uh, a big issue I faced was that a lot of these sports articles are uh, time sensitive and there weren't a lot of print uh, proposals or ideas for a standard sports article so I kind of had to manage uh, what are we going to do with the sports department, um, how can we balance time sensitive and, and standard articles and um, just joining editors meetings and things like that have uh, helped me in my role as editor-in-chief this year. Awesome. So what is it like being editor-in-chief and how does it work if there's three of you? I never quite understood that. Why don't you guys explain how it's been working together as a group? So with three people, we kind of have more shared responsibility this year, which we're still figuring out how to best divide up the role, but I think it's really beneficial with a large staff to have as much leadership as possible, and since the three of us were all on staff last year, we really have an idea of how the class works, how the magazine goes to print, how all that works. And so I think having three people on staff has worked, three people as editors-in-chief has worked really well because there's definitely a divide and no one has to do like an overwhelming amount of work while the other sits back. It's definitely evenly distributed. I, I agree. I think it's been a huge challenge. I think as an editor-in-chief, the biggest challenge that I've been dealing with is definitely having three of us because I think we all saw 
how two people worked last year. So we kind of had that in our head, like, okay, if I want to be editor in chief, like one of us is going to take over the organization and the schedule aside. And one of us is more creative. That kind of is the idea we all had in our heads. So coming in when there were three of us, like Anna Kate said, we kind of had to completely redesign what, who was going to do what. So we ended up meeting with over Ke- Mr. Kelly over the summer and we decided, like, okay, Zach, what do you want to focus on as editor-in-chief? Anna Kate, what do you want to focus on? That sort of thing. And that kind of helped us all be able to focus on little pieces of it while all still being a leader. That's awesome. I like how you guys really work together. I think it might be difficult for some of our readers to kind of see the nuances of all the managing and things like that that go into it. So although there's three of us, we still have a, a pretty big workload and. It's been a little bit difficult to manage um, which thing uh, each of us are going to do. Um, and I'm sure our experience this year can help uh, if there are bigger staffs next year for editor-in-chiefs to uh, you know, fill the same position and have the same job. Speaking about this last issue, we weren't actually speaking about that much, I am. <laughs> Going towards this past issue, how did it go? What did you think about the staff? What did you think about the articles? I think, um, I know at least me coming in, and I know that Zach and Anna Kate felt the same way, we really wanted to create a professional standard to begin with, because if we knew coming in, we started slacking off that the staff was going to follow what we were doing. So we wanted to come in and just go and be professional, like have a real newsroom. So I think we really accomplished that. I think the articles that people produced were at a really high standard, especially for the first issue. I know it's a lot when you're coming in as a first-year staff member to understand the class, understand your expectations, and also produce a really good publication. And I think we did that, and I'm really proud of the articles that came out of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the first issue is kind of always a bit of a learning curve, just Mm -hmm. with a new group of people learning a whole new set of things to do and accomplish. But... I think the staff did a really good job of taking initiative with their jobs and approaching us with questions for their articles if they had them, um, questions about design and layout, things like that. And I think now that we all know exactly what we're supposed to do, I think this next issue is going to go even smoother than the first one. I agree. Yeah, going off of what Anna Kate said, I think for the first issue, it's always hard to find that balance of writing and doing your job. And some students um, have trouble with mixing that um, responsibility, but I think this this first issue, we did a great job, and there was a lot of strong articles that we shared for print. You um, mentioned that it's it's like it could be difficult in the first issue because you have like a, almost a brand new staff. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any major hiccups you guys want to talk about, and maybe like how you guys solved them? So, um, <laughs> towards the end of the first issue going to print, we, as everyone knows, Durham faced a major power outage. So as a result, we had a little bit of a hard time with the printing press just because of some miscommunications about dates and what we needed at each date. And then once we had the power outage, it kind of messed our dates up even more. But it ended up working out because we had enough issues for Coffee House, and then we got to send out the rest the next day. So it was fine, but that was a little hiccup. But I think Maisie did a great job at really talking to those people at the printing press and yeah. getting what needs to get done. No, she could talk them. Um, what was your favorite story from issue one? It could be yours, it can be somebody else's. What should people be looking for in the magazines? I think we had um, a lot of different types of articles. We had some pretty serious ones that focused on things right here in our school. We had some more lighthearted ones, um, which I love that balance. I think one that um, always stands out in my head is Devin's story on um, how failure can help you as a student. 
it was a story topic that I had always like thought about writing. I thought it would be something that definitely should be covered. I think she did a great job with it. I think it's an issue that especially Oyster River students don't really want to face. So I think it's something that coming out into the open is going to make a difference. Um, can I say two? Yeah. So, <laughs> okay, so on the light side, I really like Eleanor's. Eleanor's water bottle story because I think it's so relatable for everyone because everyone, I mean, everyone drinks water. Um, and <laughs> so there's a lot of different, Zach's um, drinking out of a disposable water bottle right now, just so everyone <laughs> knows. Um, and so I thought that was a really fun story just to read through, and I liked the little section she did. Um, on kind of the deeper side, I was really impressed with Lydia and Devin's story about jeweling because, for should I say what jeweling is? Jeweling is a form of vaping, for those of you who don't know, and it's become pretty prevalent at Oyster River. And I know for those two, there were a lot of challenges in the beginning just because of a lot of um, negative feedback and lashing out from people at the school about why were they writing this article, why were they doing this, maybe like the people lashing out thought they were being snitches or something like that. But they were all just really, a lot of people were upset that they were writing the article, and I know it really affected them, and they started thinking, should we even do this story? But they powered through, and I think they did an awesome job, talked to a lot of different sources, did a lot of research, and I think the article turned out really well. I agree. I think that goes back to us wanting to hold that professional standard and the fact that they did get backlash like you would in the regular professional world, and they powered through it really shows that, I mean, they're strong, like, dedicated workers on the staff, which is awesome to have. I enjoyed Lydia's article profiling Mr. Lathrop. I think it's really cool to see um, how proud he was coming into a school like this. And um, athletic director is a position that, you know, has so much responsibility and affects so much of um, what we do outside of class. And I think it's really cool to, um, to see, you know, how proud he was to be here and, and um, you know, the steps he's, he's looking to take to um, you know, improve the school's athletics, and I'm excited to um, to see him as role. Going off of that, are there any articles that you're excited about in this coming quarter? It's kind of early to see at this point because most people probably are just starting to write the first draft of their article, but I'm thinking from the proposals we've seen, I know Lauren Quest has a bunch of really cool stories that she's writing for this issue. Um, She's writing a story about women in the Army, which I think will be really interesting. Um, Last issue, she wrote about women in STEM, so I love her perspective on stories like that. So I'm definitely really excited to see where that takes her. Something this quarter that we have, um, so each semester, everyone on staff has to write a multimedia article. But with all the hustle and bustle of the first quarter, I think not a lot of people, if anyone, did their multimedia story, so... This issue, we're going to have some really cool content. We're going to have some photojournalism, some videos, some more podcasts. Um, And some people, like Eleanor, is planning on doing some little mini tasty videos like you watch on Facebook (laughs) um, as part of her multimedia. So there's going to be a lot of cool content that's not just reading an article. So make sure you keep your eyes out for that. I'm excited to see some of our winter-themed articles as we come into uh, snow season. We have uh, articles about sledding and skiing in stores, so those should be... Interesting to see. Um, some of the readers may have noticed that uh, there's an ad page at the end of the magazine. Um, so there have been a couple of changes, as we know, um, to getting sponsorships. Do you guys want to just talk about that briefly? Um, ads is something that the magazine has had in the past. Not last year, but maybe a few years ago they did it. And 
um, Jordan, our business manager, is probably the right one to talk about this, but she thought that bringing back ads and sponsorships in the podcast and stuff just is an easy way to bring in more income for the magazine. So I think it's a great idea. I think she did a really nice job getting people on it and getting some really good subscriptions for the sh- magazine. I think it's also because it's it builds that relationship with our community that sometimes we don't always get. And I definitely want to make sure that Oyster River is not just a school. Oyster River High School is not just a school, but it's a, a member in the community and people know what's going on here. So I think an ad is just like a small way of showing, look what businesses are out in Durham, look what's here happening at the high school and it, connecting those two worlds. It makes us seem more relevant than just for freshmen through seniors at Oyster River High School. Okay. It really opens people's eyes to what we're writing, which is awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming in today. For our listeners, be sure to check out Mouth of the River's first issue. It's distributed around the school. You can also find articles online at our website, which is mor.news. And we hope you guys are excited for the second issue as much as we are. Thanks, guys.